Hello, you are listening to Watching Worst Films, the podcast where we take a journey back through Razzie history, watching every single winner of uh, Hollywood's lowest moments. Yeah. This is 1983, where we are watching the film The Lonely Lady. Yeah, you got it I got right. it right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not the lovely lady. Yeah, not the lovely lady. She is lovely. Pizzadora is great, but she's lonely more she's than more anything else. She's more lonely than lovely, yeah. So, my name is Jericho Reed, And I'm Kyle Shimansky. Um, yeah, we've never done. <laughs> we've doxed ourselves. We've doxed ourselves from day one, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, so, history with this film. I had never heard of it. No, uh, nothing, not a clue about it. Um, I kind of heard Pia Zadora, I've heard yeah. her name, and I think in a nice little Razzie tie-up, I confused her with Bo Derek. The stories are similar though, like, yeah. you know, rich, older producer, husband, three decades older, like, you know, puts her on all these vanity films um, with limited acting credentials. So the, the similarity, I thought she was a singer and she is a singer as well. Okay. Um, after acting, I assume after Lovely Lady, because yeah, she <laughs> hit Lonely. Oh, God damn it. Because um, she's not in much after it. But anyway, other than that, like, so brief kind of, yeah, I've heard the name. But the film itself, nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing about it. And uh, how we watched this film, if you want to watch along. Um, we originally were going to be watching it on YouTube. Yeah, found it on YouTube, because I couldn't find it anywhere. It's not on any streaming services. It's not available to purchase or rent. It's one of those, if you don't own the physical media, you're fucked. <laughs> it's gone, yeah. It's, it's gone. not widely seen at all, this film. Um, but so we found it on YouTube, but it was in, I'm going to say Italian or some, it Italian, some yeah. other language. So we had a quick hunt to find it, and we found it on some... A less than reputable website, um, but it was your computer's destroyed. It, it absolutely, it's unusable. <laughs> we couldn't cast up to my TV either. We had to watch it on the laptop for the first time. We've we've sent it off to the Hunter Biden repair shop. Yeah. Because God knows how many viruses you've got from. But uh, but it was in HD, and, yeah. You know, so like if you hunt for this, just Google. If you really want to watch it, you could find it, um, and I'm sure there's physical DVD copies out there or VHSs. But yeah, that's so we've for once we've had to go even more or less reputable than Torrance <laughs> and um, <laughs> scour the internet for this. This is a hard film to find. Would you recommend that people watch it? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So like even before we go through the whole film, this is very enjoyable. This was easy to watch. It's an hour twenty seven if you don't include the credits. It's breeze compared to things we've watched previously. Last week, for yeah, example. Like, <laughs> like, and you know, it's a movie. Um, there's lots to talk about. Again, we'll go into it, but it's um, it hits a lot of the good categories on like bad films and enjoyable elements, and it's not boring. I, I mean, I think I, I think I of these eighties ones. I mean, I recommend Cocktail unironically. Cocktail's fantastic. fantastic. I still can't get over um, it. <laughs> I would not recommend watching Mommy Dearest because I don't think there's enough. Fun in it. Well, you just hate women, don't you? I just hate, but no, but I love Pia Zadora. <laughs> yeah. I love her. No, yeah, I, I, recommend, I recommend it in a strange, almost ironic way, but I, yeah, I do. Because we've been reading Mr. Grazzi's book, which um, was published in the early 2000s, I want to say, so it's not necessarily great for practically half the Razzie's no. duration. But for the early ones, you get a little bit of insight. And The Lonely Lady was listed as his, like, 10 of the very worst, like, so bad they're good ones. And that's where we don't disagree, I think. And this was a wild ride. Yeah, this, this, um, well, that's kind of what I'm trying to say. You know, when you get into those classes, you know, people talk about the room. That's yeah. And there's similar vibes as yeah. well. That's, like, so bad it's good. It's great to watch it with people. It's, you can have a watching party with it. Yeah. You could do that with this 
uh, Lonely Lady. Well, this is the most that we've ever had watching a film because your girlfriend, girlfriend joined us yeah. for a snippet of this <laughs> film. <laughs> so that's all the fifth, probably the best fifteen minutes of it as well. She was like, "What are you watching?" We're like, "Oh, please don't like <laughs> not now." Um, less embarrassing though than you know, even Fifty Shades. It's uh, yeah, it's still a movie. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I agree on the. It's so bad, it's good. I actually, I agree on that alone. So plot wise. This is a story about uh, Jerry Lee, who is a, um, she's a high school graduate when we first meet her, played by Pia Zadora. Mm -hmm. And so the movie starts with her um, sort of end of year high school graduation, and she wins some sort of like high school creative writing prize. And then she goes off. Um, It's kind of almost like a prom thing, isn't it? Is it like, hey, let's go wild. And she's driving with like a friend and... uh, couple other a couple other high schoolers in the back seat one of which is ray liotta yeah and he's filmed the debut yeah yeah um and you you were like oh he's so prominently built he must be yeah, he's he like must yeah yeah and this but is again pre-fame so yeah pre-fame yeah pre-good fellas um, pre-anything yeah, else yeah, yeah. debut so but no he's only in this one scene really he has a very lasting impact i'll say because yeah, he's almost like the formative he set the tone for the lonely lady's yeah. life yeah who knows what she would have done if were it not for who knows how so she's, she unlonely goes, she she's at a party with her to try and put the context and she's at a party with her boyfriend bernie yeah um and she meets the son of a writer producer yeah who says oh, you can come and meet my dad go yeah. to my mansion yeah. and that's why they go in the car with yeah. ray and ray's girlfriend yeah uh, i don't know someone and that's the reason they're going to this and they get busy they do in get the busy. back seat, which really fucking quick as well. Like. Yeah, it, it's weird because he's like taking her top off, and then it's almost like the guy in the room who's like cross-eyed. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, Aykroyd ghost. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's quite weird when like they're they're trying to involve the guy who's driving the car, yeah. aren't they? And he's like, "Hey, man, I don't need that." But no, he's um, also like, "Just chill out, babe." Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zadora. play it cool, play it cool. Yeah. Um, and so then they get to the 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 mansion house, and the Rayleo is cavorting in the pool with his uh, partner, who is naked. And then they're like, "Hey, Jerry Lee, come on and join us in the pool," and she's non-committal for whatever reason. And so Ray Liotta sneaks up and pulls her into the pool in a move which I'm still trying to work Absolutely. the physics out it's amazing. of. Pulls her by her ankles. She's facing away from the pool, but she has like a front flip into the pool. Yeah, it's very bizarre. <laughs> it's almost like like the inertia effect. Yeah. You, like, um, Snapped her ankles and broke her neck. Um, so yeah, she gets flung into the pool. Yeah. He tries to grab her. She escapes out to the pool. He jumps on her, ready Ready for sexual assault. Son of writer comes to save, gets swatted away in one swipe. That's him out of action. That's him done. Okay. And so he sexually assaults her with a garden hose. Yeah, that was like, it was so weirdly filmed because like, obviously they're not wanting to be crude about it necessarily, but you're still in that kind of frame of mind yeah. where you're like, is, what am I, am I watching? Is this, is this really happening? I mean, like... And that's like, so like, and we'll get into it further, but you know, the, what I call the Italian vibes. This has yeah. a lot of Italian crew on it. And obviously through the 70s, a lot of exploitation and stuff like, you know, I spit on your grave yeah. and some of the more extreme ones. Um, not not shy about showing things as well. They're not as tastefully done, 
Whereas at least this was uncomfortable to watch, obviously, but it was it was more tasteful than I almost would have expected. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, he sexually assaults her with a garden hose and then older writer, the father of the driver, arrives yeah. home, shoes him away, we fade. And um Cut she's, to she's married. Yeah, well no, she, 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 <laughs> no, she's no, recovering she's recovering yeah. at home and um old man comes to visit her and just check in on her, see how she's doing. Her mom says that they're not gonna file police reports because she wasn't raped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> her mom's like like calm down, like calm down. He, he, he's like your daughter's been assaulted. And she's like, yeah, but not raped. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't want the neighbours to look at her and talk, you know. Yeah, they don't want the scandal. Um, her mum's a horrible person. You know, this has been established because even before there was a quick scene where, you know, um, get a real job, basically. And yeah. have kids and marry yeah. and settle. Being a writer's pipe dream. Well, anyway, they quickly fall in love, like, within... Well, she says to her mum, like, they, she meets the writer when he saves her and then they sort of have, like, a date kind of thing and then next thing you know she's at home packing her bags with her mum mm-hmm. and she's like I, he inspires me I want to like I want to be with him I want to hold his hand I want to read his scripts I want to make love to him yeah, I want to be um, in the bed with him as yeah, goes on. yeah yeah go to and, bed with him yeah exactly there you go and then they just there's no looking back from there at some point they get married where you were kind of like hang on wait yeah i mean i, think <laughs> I, looked, away, I looked away for two seconds and came and i thought it was just a party or like yeah. they're no no i think that was their wedding reception a, a recurrent theme in all the razzie winners that we watch is time's a very malleable thing where oh, you'll yeah. just look away for some second you'll be like okay that character's dead well, they're the, married this, this could is... this this whole film could have been over a year two years two days like you could tell me anything and i believe you her hair changes a lot and so i was trying to gauge it off that of like okay how this is a new hair style is this a new year a new decade a new it, it, it's very hard to keep up mm-hmm. with so she's she's kind of like not sure about her own value as a writer before she gets with the, the older guy and she says to her mum who wants to read about the san fernando valley which um i haven't i haven't brought up him up in the past couple of episodes but previously we had the recurrent feature jericho crams paul thomas anderson into every podcast because Paul Thomas Anderson, of course, sets all his films in the San Fernando yeah. Valley. And so this kind of reminded me a little bit of Licorice Pizza in the yeah. early in the early scenes. When they're just hanging out in California yeah, yeah. in the sun on movie sets. Driving on the Buicks and yeah, yeah, yeah. I... Yeah. And you know, um you know the movie um Breezy mm-hmm. where William Holden's in it. I think they actually do they do a scene from Breezy in Licorice Pizza. It reminded me a little bit of that, where you've got the the Clint Eastwood thing of like, here's a teenager in a relationship with a much older man. Mm-hmm. It, it it sort of had like a weird breezy quality to those early scenes where she's going around with him, and mm-hmm. it's your introduction to the world of Hollywood when she's still, I want to say, like slightly optimistic. Or yeah, things no, are, she is. She is. Yeah, I things mean, are novel to well, her. Yeah, yeah. She's exploring the world and yeah. discovering who she is and with her impotent old man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's cover that. So that's actually their wedding. That's their wedding right. night, okay, apparently. Right. Um, <laughs> is There's that sex scene, which is so weirdly... It's fucking weird. Um, so weirdly shot. Again, with the garden hose, like... I think it's just like they don't want to be gratuitous, but the director isn't good enough to stage like 
Like the camera's all sort of like locked off in a mid shot and they're not good enough to kind of stage like anything beyond woman lying static yeah. and guy. So which, which is strange because Pia Zadora seems down for the nudity. She seems <laughs> she seems eager throughout the film. Like you just, seem like it's not that's very like the Hollywood like, producer of me, I know, but Yeah, this is very misogynistic of you, she, Kyle. I think you're like a character in the, <laughs> the lonely lady at this she, right? Uh, I actually thought it was him that was very stiff and weird. Exactly, it's yeah. him. She's just lying back and he's kind of like awkwardly hovering over her yeah. at an awkward angle. And then there's that kind of like, oh, is it in moment? And then mm-hmm. he collapses <laughs> over and is like, you'll you'll have to forgive me. It's been a very long <laughs> And this, 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 because that's the way you've seen it. I, I've seen because he's staring into her eyes as well. Yeah. While yeah. she's um, in a moment of pleasure. And I thought, this is a death stare and he's going to collapse he's and die. die yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> and she'll inherit the money. And this is how I'm making the film up in my head at the start. But no, no, no. He just uh, he can't get up. Um, <laughs> it's much simpler. Um, yeah, so um, that's where we should maybe we'll, we'll 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 pause for a moment and discuss the film, which has that kind of like leeriness mm-hmm. of it's depicting it's depicting a very sexist world. Yeah. Well, it itself is doing it through like a sexist lens. Of, like the camera is very leery of like oh. Let's have Pia Zadora in the shower for like. Well, like that's and that's what I was actually meaning at the start with the, the fact it's produced by her husband. This is what I was meaning with the John Bodarek thing. Yeah, it's produced by her husband who is much older than her. Uh huh. And, you know, as I said, and, you, and she was married to him a decade before this film came out. So I don't know how old she would have been then. Like, You're a be, scholar. In must Pia be really, I was. I was bored. <laughs> I had a quick look on Wikipedia. I was. <laughs> I was bored. Um. And. Uh, yeah, so like that alone, you know, that you could have the grooming elements in real life. Yeah. Is like transposed into the film, but they don't seem to understand it. Like, they, you know, like the reality that's probably happened to Pia Zadora. Um, <laughs> like, this oh, is... contentious words here. Yeah. Miss Zadora, please come on the podcast yeah. and reveal whether you were groomed like, by your husband. Were you is she still with him? She's not acting in a while, but do you know if she's, she's still with the dead. billionaire? He has to be dead by now. <laughs> she's now a billionaire heiress. She's she's the older woman that Tom Cruise gets with in Cocktail. <laughs> let's let's backtrack for a moment yes. because in the in the credits, the first thing almost almost before anything else it comes up with a Harold Robbins film. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard of Harold Robbins. No. Have you? No. Absolutely um, no. And so we looked him up and discovered that he's a very well selling author. Yeah, but yeah, neither of us had heard of him. But it's weird considering it says a Harold Robbins film, but he didn't he wrote the novel and he wasn't involved with it from mm-hmm. there. He was actually like very critical of the film in that he was like oh yeah, like it's a fucking disaster. Like Pia yeah. Zadora can't act, she's a void. They went off to Rome and they ruined one of my movies and I don't want to see it. I, 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 I yeah. kind of thought that in um, kind of a vein of like Stephen King and The Shining. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Robbins remade this as a television movie in the 90s <laughs> and it was... You got his, Stanley Kubrick to direct it. <laughs> he got his own vision the way he wanted it. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, this would be sold on his name. And the Pia yeah. Zadora vehicle is just a happy merge that's coincidentally thrust her to stardom and cash in Thrust, eh? Um, yeah, so um, that was what I said to you, was like, I was really struggling to get a handle on this film because I was like, what? what is this? 
And so when we had all those copious scenes of a older man who mansplains writing to a naive high school girl who just wants to fuck him, I was like, <laughs> this is a Harold Robbins wish fulfillment vehicle. Yeah. This is just him being like, oh, hey, you know what? I I too once slept with a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> slept with a woman straight out of, a girl straight out of school but by the end i was like i you know what i don't i don't think this was necessarily yep. a, a wish fulfillment because to write your surrogate out of the movie after half yeah. an hour that's not necessarily the route you would take so then the other thing is like this is just kind of like a, a weird creepy voyeuristic pornographic thing of some guy who wants to write it's some guy who wants to make a movie about the exploitation of women while simultaneously mildly getting off on the exploitation. Yeah, I mean, that's the tallying element there. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe, well, we'll read the book. We'll come, you know, just like when we get to Mommy Dearest. Um, maybe the book has a more sincere showing of women's struggles in Hollywood and is less exploited than this. Because it was apparently based on the life of the woman who wrote Valley of the Dogs. Yes. And I don't know enough about that to yeah. comment on it in any insightful way. But yeah, I I am kind of curious what was going on because this is like there's two there's two sort of like rutting ideas here, which is and that maybe explains why I was I felt so conflicted watching this where I was like, hang on, am I am I actually enjoying this? <laughs> because it's depicting like like that sort of like sexist predatory world mm-hmm. where you're like oh yeah no this th- it must be um it must be disheartening to be a woman who has to like who who's constantly like sort of like limited by um sexist men who only want to sleep with her and who isn't really like given any opportunity to show her yeah. value beyond her body but then at the same time the film is like hey and then take your top off yep like yeah. the film, it's like the film is made by one of the characters in the movie. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's why I'm saying I'm sure it will mirror real life. I'm yeah. Once once Pia's on this podcast, she can explain it. <laughs> once she watches the Postman with us, yeah, she can explain please, it. Please, Miss Dora, come on and uh, and uh, inform me and Kyle. So she had reading about this. She like uh, she attended like a screening in LA prior to release or like a premiere thing in in West Hollywood or something where apparently it said like half the attendants were the Razzie Academy Mm. and then afterwards she like hung out in the lobby and signed autographs for them all so she at least seems like a sort of like down to earth like a down to earth billionaire I I can Um, see I can again I my Pia Lore isn't up to scratch, so I don't know enough. Um, I know that her husband is dead and she's single, but I don't <laughs> know if um, yeah. maybe her singing career too. Cool. I know, yeah. like I know though that this was our last movie. Uh, I think there's some cameos and stuff. Yeah. Um, I looked up; she wasn't naked. Gone thirty-three and a third. Yeah. Um, but I obviously her leading roles are done after this. Yeah. If she watched the film, she'd have known. For that. now. For <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she would have known, I guess. And, you know, like having that good humour as well. You couldn't go to a premiere and watch this and then come out thinking you made, you know, you're in a masterpiece. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, okay, so back back to the plot. So she's <laughs> she's with the with the screenwriter and he's kind of um, taking her around town. And this is when we bump into, like, he's just kind of a bit, like... He's just kind of a bit shitty, but then we meet like the guy who's actually like a lecherous slob. Yes. Who's like, 
women can't write screenplays. And she's like, oh, what about like Gertrude Stein and Dorothy Parker? And he's like, eggheads, yeah, you know, like. They don't count. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> with a figure like yours, like you don't have to write. And then his mistress is there and she's just one of those classic, like sort of old school Hollywood bimbos who's like, like, oh, if I was ugly, I'd kill yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked um, how he spoke as well, like, you know, like a Conan, uh, Conan O'Brien kind of character yeah. in The Simpsons. Like, listen up, baby doll. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Movies aren't made by women anymore. <laughs> that's that's just kind of um, informing the film is uh, you've got all these all these various types in Hollywood, whether they be screenwriters, whether they be producers, whether they be actors. Every guy in the industry is like a subtly different kind of creep. Oh, yeah, Which yeah. I enjoyed about this film. Um <laughs> They could have all been played by Rory Kinnear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex Garland is watching this film, taking notes. Hmm. Yes. All men, actually. <laughs> um, uh, so um, my next note is, um, well, I have the note empty because I was like, this is stunningly empty. I yeah. was like, okay, this is like superficially whatever. But I was like, there is nothing going on to keep me way down here. Okay. But there is that really good shot where um, <laughs> she's out to dinner in like, uh, in one of those like courtyard places. And then like uh, the guy, is it Seinfeld? Yeah. Well, the guy like touches her hands, right? Kisses her hands. Yeah. And it's amazing because that's the foreground that sort of like yeah, blocks yeah. off the shot and then the hands move. And you just see the screenwriter, yeah. the impotent guy, who's just got like this expression of rage <laughs> at some younger guy, like sort of. That's James touching. Kahn, isn't it? Oh, it's James Kahn. Yeah, oh, it's not James Kahn. So yeah. James Kahn. Uh, at the beginning, this opens with like it opens with uh, the red carpet on like legally distinct Academy Awards, mm-hmm. like own brand Academy Awards, and there was a guy who I for for a second I was like. Holy shit, is that James Kahn? It is. I was like, very, very close to James Kahn. Like, the hair is perfect height. It looks like James Kahn. Yeah, when you just see him for a second, he's on a red carpet. I was like, is this one of those things where they've just got actual red carpet footage of yeah. James Kahn? And then he's a character, and you look at him a bit closer, and you're like, okay, it's not James Kahn. Gary Valentine, but, I think he's called it. Gary it? Valentine, that's licorice <laughs> pizza. Oh, it's Valentine, though, isn't it? Yeah, Valentine sounds right. Yeah. Rudy Valentine. Guy, Val- oh, I'm thinking of guy. Guy's the other guy. Guy's guy. Guy's the director. Yeah. Um, so so the, we have the sort of four big relationships of Jerry Lee's life: screenwriter William Holden, uh, James Kahn. The, we then have a guy. Valentine, sorry, it's George, Valentine. George yeah, like Valentine. the whiskey, George yeah, Valentine. Yeah. So we have a screenwriter William Holden. We have George Valentine, aka James Kahn. We have a guy who I just referred to as Seinfeld. Yes. And then we have Guy. Guy. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So, um, the screenwriter is impotent and he's, like, gripped by rage at, like, uh, James Kahn. Not even putting the moves on his wife, but just kissing her hand or whatever. Yeah. And this is where I have another one of my references where I was like, oh, is this, like, is this like Barton Fink? Because he's, like, lecturing about... Um, He's lecturing about writing and it's i don't know it's a very interesting relationship like you know um in barton fink where there's the guy who's like the stand-in for william faulkner yeah, yeah. and he's just a drunk and his wife writes all his stuff i was like oh that's that that's maybe what this is going to turn into is yeah, he's just yeah, gonna be an over the hill yeah. sort of like like 
he's doing some seminar, isn't he? Because another one of my illusions was like, oh, this is like adaptation when Brian Cox is. <laughs> I'll stop thinking about better films while you're watching it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought we were going to go get to that is like, Star is born. Is like she, mm-hmm. he, his star is going to wane, and she's going to be on the rise. I, absolutely, and um, not even modern star like the Chris Christopherson. Yeah, yeah. One. I was hundred percent thinking that as well. Or I was like, she's going to have to use his profile of like he's going to become like he just loves like sort of bigging himself up, and she's going to be like, okay, how about I essentially ghostwrite a script for you, and you can enjoy the fame of writing, mm-hmm. whereas I will enjoy the the execution of it. Like, yeah. Like Big Eyes, you know the oh, Tim Burton yeah, yeah, movie yeah, yeah. where um, Amy Adams, your your beloved, is mm-hmm. locked in an attic doing paintings. Mm-hmm. Christoph Waltz takes all the credit. Anyway, this isn't Barton Fink. No, no. But this is when I had I had my um like we're we're leaping all over time and <laughs> like years are passing by in the blink of an eye. And I said to you, this is where I, I it was like I feel like we're gonna blink and the husband's gonna have died. And I was prepared for her to be aged up with like yeah, makeup. Yeah. And I was uh, like, yeah. are we going to get like the lonely lady is going to be a cougar and the tables will have turned. And like, it's going to be about her, like her sort of like exploiting a younger man, like a, a, a young sort of twink screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I don't want that to become a, a, a recurrent thing as we pitch the legs sequel for every single film. But that was where you were like, oh yeah, yeah, we can get Piazadora now to make a... <laughs> To but make a new one, much as yeah, she. she'll be she'll be the right kind of age, yeah. um, and we'll get yeah again Timothy Chalamet. It's like, <laughs> hey, I've written I've written a script, <laughs> I've written a script, Cherry Lee. Well, it, it makes sense, and again, jump into the head that like after her burning all the bridges with Hollywood at the end, she still wants to write even if yeah. she gets older, and she needs someone that has the face to do it in the and a man you know yeah yeah, yeah. you could make your um you could make your um sunset boulevard yeah where she's just been like she's living in a weird decrepit old mansion yeah. and she's like i am big it's the pictures that got yeah. small <laughs> you come with me and i'll get your own quibby show timmy <laughs> um, you'll be on johnny carson by the week <laughs> <laughs> um okay and this is where things rapidly unravel with my notes um because my next one is doctor who that's when she has the breakdown oh no you feel like right no so i've skipped several relationships she meets george valentine soap opera actor yeah james can james can yeah and the impotent old man and her get divorced really quick well, does she sleep with James Caan before she gets divorced, doesn't she? I think because she's, we leap forward <laughs> and she's like, I'm separated. Here's yeah. my little, like, little apartment where I live. Yes. I pay for this all myself. Yes. Also, there are pictures of me from my wedding day. Yes. Because every woman who's separate from her partner loves having, like, reminders. <laughs> and she is with um, James Caan for a little while and she's like, it's so nice being with a man my own age who isn't impotent. Well, no. realistically, it's probably like, it's so nice being with a man twice my age. Who's <laughs> 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 someone who can keep up with me, not like a fossil. Like, he does uh, say that and, as well when she's like, I, I love you. And he's like, it's just good sex or something. Yeah, you know, like, there's a line about that. I thought he was like, the best sex ever. I yeah, okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's something. No, but he was bigging up the sex she, because she's yeah. never, you know, she was... With a decrepit corpse. He was like the, the lowest, <laughs> the lowest bar to limbo under, yeah. or the highest bar to limbo under. <laughs> and then she gets pregnant, and so she visits James Khan on set of Much Ado About Nothing, 
where he's like, come on, baby, it's always about you, you, you. I'm pregnant. I don't know what to do. What about me? <laughs> and basically reveals that he's not going to have anything to do with... Which I missed. With... I missed the scene. Yeah, you missed that I... scene. And then we cut to, like, she's at the hospital and her mum's, like, coming mm-hmm. to visit her and he's kind of like, so where's my grandkid? And she's <laughs> like, well, I had an abortion, mum. Yeah. And so that's a very weird journey, but James Caan is out and Jerry Seinfeld is in. Who is a club owner. I thought he was Well, he does a own a producer. He, owns, he is a producer yeah. or something, or he knows people. Yeah. But he owns the Kit Club or something, yeah. I think it's what it's called, which is not a gentleman's club but does yeah. supply women to that's a brothel yeah <laughs> yeah it's a it's sleazy hollywood producers go and yeah he pimps them out essentially is yeah i think's the case and that's exactly what he ends up doing with pia zadora as well um promising that he'll give a script to a producer yeah and an italian producer yeah who has an italian wife actress uh-huh. yeah and he's going to read the script and it's going to be great. So she goes over to their house and the Italian lady's all, oh, it's a wonderful script, darling. I don't know, it's like Dracula. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Beepity boppy. <laughs> and um, she takes her clothes off and they have a lesbian episode while the old producer man watches that was a little moment where i was like we'd got back on the straight and narrow and then there's like no no hang on this is the fantasy of yeah. <laughs> a middle-aged writer um, we are watching uh we are watching man's wish fulfillment because she, she leaves the next day all disheveled and she has the walk of shame well, no, because to jerry the, seinfeld the, the, the director the italian producer is like you know what script ah and she's like i didn't know yeah. you spoke english yeah. she <laughs> did his all me not speaking or English, you know. Um, so yeah, like that's you know, even the Italians are sleazy, is what the film is telling me. Yeah. Um, then she does the walk of shame back to Jerry Seinfeld's club. Yeah, and he's in his office. He is Hunter Biden. He is well, yeah, that's what I said to you. Is I, I that's what I was wanting from Hunter Biden was I thought it was going to be like a sort of decadent, like, yeah, look at these Hollywood sickles and yeah. their. In a like briefcase exploits. of coats, yeah, and he, he was doing because lines. He's, 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 he's behind the desk with one naked woman, and there's another naked woman sat on his desk. Well, yeah. And she's like, hey, come on, Jerry Lee. <laughs> Water's fine. Like, the party's <laughs> just getting started. And then she says to Jerry Seinfeld, but my script, you know, I had to yeah. do it. And he, ah, what, you know, laughs. Yeah. It throws the script. It's not even been opened. It's still yeah. in the envelope. Um, so she's done. She's done with sleazy Hollywood men. Yeah, she is done. And then she goes home and she's tippity tapping on her typewriter. And this is where she has the Doctor Who Oh, Doctor Who. Okay, okay. Well, she's typing away on the keys and then we see like the keys start spiraling and then her head starts spiraling in that sort of classic Doctor Who 80s graphic kind of thing. Like. yeah. This is the difference between us. I like it. You've got, I'm like, it's Susperia, you know, this is like Dario or Janto's. Uh, no, vision. no, I, I agree. Initially, initially, when it's just like a big superimposed her head coming out of like a vortex, yeah. I was waiting for it to be like, <laughs> but by the end, when there are colors and like her like decaying yeah. corpse, like it, it goes to jello and then like it's very got all, quickly. It's got all the heads of the terrible sleezes like in her yeah. mouth as well. It's really artistic and creative. And, um, 
I loved it. Okay, so is this where we um is this where we take another pause to reveal that we've been reading Mr. Razzi's book and this has given us insight into the the um the autobiography of Mr. Razzi, which is that he was involved in the marketing of the lovely lady. Mm-hmm. And he said that he so he saw a sort of test screening and it bombed at the test screening and then they were trying to recut it. And Mr. Razzi somehow managed to get in with the producer and was like, hey, listen, man, fuck them. Like, you've got to keep in all the good stuff. Like, the the Doctor Who Jello yeah. sequence breakdown, that has to stay in. That's the heart and soul of your movie. Whilst he was thinking, like, I want this to use at my Razzies. Ha ha ha, this is awful. I'm going to humiliate this person. And both of us were just completely on our own play, like, Great, yeah. this movie's getting good. So, uh, <laughs> and this is it. He's such a little slimy prick here, you know, to do this. Whoa, whoa, Kyle, we're still wanting this man to be on the podcast. <laughs> please, Mr. Razzi, we're still <laughs> please, Mr. Bad. Razzi, invite us to next year's awards where we can call you a slimy prick. In uh, person. Dumb, dumb over, dumb over, okay? Um, you know, he is a wonderful and creative genius <laughs> to choose this. <laughs> Just uh, mash my words up like Homer. Um, but it is, and you know what, you're telling Italians as well, that you should keep this in. They're obviously going to, yeah, like, this Mr. Razzi gets it, you know, yeah. he, he sees our creativity and yeah. he sees these little blossoms of fun we can put uh, Yeah, It's just so childish and I get, like, I don't know, it, it just makes me dislike Mr. Razzi because, like, it's so playground. It was like, oh, hey, you look really cool in that jacket. It's like the, the, the other kids who gets bullied, like... Like it's like the kids sort of like very low down the pecking order next to you who's like oh like I love your jacket you should wear that like mm. tomorrow and then as soon as you turn up they're like ha oh, yeah. look at jacket over here with his <laughs> McJacket and they just reveal like they've they've written some sort of like they've got some pre-written jibe they're like but I thought you said I look no yeah. you look like a jack- uh, jacket Sorry, I should have thought of a better example. <laughs> I'm worried this might seem like exactly. What I was going to say, I was like, "Is this going to? Am I? Is this like therapy? It's like, did something happen to me here?" Um, but anyway, um, so that's where I was. I was disappointed, Mister Razzi. I don't think he's a slimy prick. I just think he acted like a slimy prick, and he's better than that. Um, I'm also disappointed in him that he didn't encourage more of it. Like, if you were like, "This film's a mess. We can't release this." This one 10 second piece you've got here is great. Put more of it in the cinema. Take it to the editing room. Get some effects going. Well, this is where we wheedle our way in to um, it wheedle our way in with all the Hollywood sickos is I'm going to I'm going to approach Mr. Raz with like, hey, listen, my friend thinks you're a slimy prick, but I think you're <laughs> A-OK. And when you're set to seduce Pia Zadora, you'll be like, hey, Miss Zadora. There must be a vault somewhere. <laughs> the unreleased, the unreleased, the Snyder I, Cut gonna, of the I, Lonely Lady. Where is, spoil- is it, Pia? Spoilers, we talk about it at the end, but that's how I'm going to save this film. We're going to make this into an Italian 1978 Dario Argento piece, and it's going to be wonderful. I'm waiting for you to be like, no, Jericho, I, don't, I, I actually don't have any current ideas for um, how to fix this film. And then nine months later, you just turn up with like... Canisters <laughs> dumps them on the table. And you're like, here we go. The unreleased footage. We're gonna release it in theaters. <laughs> I fixed it. I saved this film. Um, okay, so she has her breakdown, and then she gets committed to what can only be described as a day spa sanatorium, where like it's so nice. Like she's um, 
she's got like it, it's like a little apartment well because it was <laughs> yeah like, the hallway scenes when um the, who is it that's coming to visit her guy first yeah guy yeah, yeah. okay yeah so guy um the pedophile from Ferris Bueller. Um, <laughs> he looks exactly the same, by the way. Uh, his name's Jeffrey Jones. I looked it up. It's, it isn't him, but it looks like him. It's coming. That's in a sanatorium. It looks like a hospital. It's got this one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Clinical white is what you said. And there's nurses. But oh, when- yeah, true. No, no, no. Is it not her mum? Is So it? her mum's walking... Sorry, when it actually looks like a sanatorium. Yeah, yeah. Um, it reminded me of like those shots in Moon Knight where they're just walking down the corridor endlessly. Um, and like everyone's wearing like white yeah yeah so um, her mum's walking down the corridor and the the like the attendant is talking to her mum to be like yeah yeah your daughter <laughs> snapped whatever da, 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 da. and you're like oh this is gonna be um, this is gonna be uncomfortable and then um, Guy comes to visit her and she's just like she's like oh thanks for meeting me Guy like I've got badminton at two with like a lovely <laughs> well, first, schizophrenic well, down the corridor because um, that's what I'm saying so the sanatorium Shots with the attendant walking down look like a hospital. Yeah. Pia Zadora comatose in her bed. Yeah. Um, with her catatonic eyes and just yeah, staring yeah. at space is a totally different place. There's an apartment yeah. or in a cricket club or something, a spare room that they've just converted quickly. Guy comes to visit her and he's like, but I've always loved you. Yeah, she's catatonic, <laughs> lying, just sort of like drooling, sort of like <laughs> drugged out of her mind probably. And Guy, like, takes her hand and is like... No, no, I've, he doesn't. He, he says, doesn't. I, I say, He's he says, I love you. I've okay. always loved you. And then a tear rolls down her cheek. Yeah. And she moves her comatose corpse hand over to him and holds it. And yeah. that's like, it loves awoken her. And he's know? like, my God, we need a minister. We need to get married <laughs> right this instant. <laughs> and then, because the power of love has healed her broken mind, um, she can go out and play badminton with the other schizophrenics who are okay. painting in the garden and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So... I don't know why Guy was the one that broke her out of it. and I Because the lesson of this story is every woman just needs a good man. That's all you need. He was um, the only man in the film so far that wasn't absolute predator as well. Up until this point. Like he throws out well, the window by said, taking advantage of a comatose. You said the... You said the... Um, you, you said the Ferris Bueller pedo thing of like, he seemed like a different kind of predator in that I was waiting for like years later she's looking through her husband's hard drive after he's passed and she's like oh my god 1984 hard drive <laughs> yeah uh, so um maybe that's an idea for the sequel um yeah so anyway she they get together she leaves and um guy helps her engineer her film her debut feature yes which is what's it called like the holdout, the holdout or whatever yeah. based on their novel yep um and then we return to the beginning of the movie. No, which no, is... no, you missed out. Sorry, uh, you missed out. There to get the movie from the director, she has to go to one last oh, producer. Oh, yeah. Fuck. So it's her last. It's her last yeah. molestation by Hollywood. Yeah. And this time it's an old lady, or what did the Mr. Rossi call her? Rossi called her hefty. Hefty. Like she's not. She's just old. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Mr. Rossi. And she's not even like old. She's just like, like she's. She's like proportionate to her partner. Like yes, she's, yeah, yeah, she she's the same age and, as and like the, the screenwriter. And the running and the, just has the vibe of like swingers inviting you to their jacuzzi. In and the grand back. scheme of things, as well, it's probably the youngest person as well. It's like sleazed on her in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he doesn't have one to do anything with her, but his wife does. Invites her into jacuzzi. We don't see it though; it just cuts, and then goes to the award ceremony. Yeah. Yes. 
And so, uh, yeah, it picks up where the movie started, which is this sort of like, like, uh, legally distinct Oscars. And she wins. Spoiler, Jerry Lee wins the um, Mick Oscar and she's up on stage collecting it. And do you want to do the honours? No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Absolutely. Her acceptance speech is she's like, I'm not the only woman in Hollywood who's fucked her way to the top. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> um, and then she's just kind of like, fuck the lot of you. I'm out. Yep. And she storms out. And then we she just... Wa- she walks out with her head held Well, high. yeah, she walks out. She doesn't storm out. It's a dignified exit. It's a dignified exit. And then I really liked... Like, the movie doesn't hang around. It's just like, okay, credits over her walking through, yeah. like, the, the Kodak theatre, being like, well... Yeah. I guess she's walking into the darkness yeah. as well. Like, it's away from the bright, shiny allure of yeah. Hollywood and into real life, I assume. And she's got... She's found herself respect. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So... Thus concludes The Lonely Lady, mm-hmm. which, yeah, turns out integrity is going to make you lonely, I guess, <laughs> is, is the um, moral of that. So, is this Razzie-worthy? I mean, yes. Okay. I mean, it, it, it is. Just because it's so bad, it's good. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I've still got to take that into consideration. It's been, it was easy to watch. Yeah. Um, it is funny. It is enjoyable. It is short. It's like it makes me feel bad because I was like, no movie that is like, no movie with um like like as terrifying a sexual assault as the Ray Liotta thing mm-hmm. is should be this funny, but it is like it, the movie's just sort of like a weird like hopscotch from like here's gonna be like a like unsettling assault scene. Now we're gonna leer at yeah, well, <laughs> leer I mean- at Pia Zadora for a while. And now we're going to have like a weird, trippy mental breakdown. Yeah, but um, I, I think this was reflected in the film soundtrack. Yeah. Something you pointed out five minutes in, we had three songs. Yeah. In three different genres. <laughs> <laughs> right? but like, we had, you know, crooning, we had the romantic ballad overture, we had yeah. a John Carpenter sting later on, uh, <laughs> we had a rock song. Like, it had... Well, I, I, we were trying to like improvise lyrics for all of them. We were like waiting for Lonely Lady to come up and like, okay, this song has to involve the lyrics Lonely Lady somewhere. <laughs> lonely Lady, Raspberry Beret, but with Lonely Lady fitting somewhere. So I think yeah. like that's where the the tonal whiplash and everything's whiplash because there is a lot in 127 minutes here. Yeah. Um, there's weird edits. There's weird times out the window. Transitions are weird. You know, like... Well, I I wanted to say, like, that's where... Um, and this was the same thing I think I said about my pillow is this is where I wanted to give credit for the people working on it. I was like, the editor is earning their keep here because there's a lot of, like cool little transitions like the one where it fades and then her eye mm-hmm. is like the spot anyway um and then there's that weird sort of like high angle shot from mm-hmm. where the camera basically i don't know how they did it it was almost like a crane shot in 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 the room the camera goes from like a sort of standard head level to like the rooftop yeah. there were lots of scenes and then the, the one that we spoke about where the the hands sort of block yeah. off and then they reveal like the irate cuckold behind them. So But I think I agree with you on that though. I think the crew here, like you say, the editors, the cinematographers have earned their keep. There's a a lot of what I'm saying, there are a lot of Italian aspects that I really adore about this. Yeah. It can't save the acting and it can't save the writing. No, no, I'm um, not I'm not saying this isn't Razzie worthy. I'm I think it's more just that 
it's good to watch something where there are people trying essentially of like like so often you watch like uh like mommy dearest or various things and you're like no one gave any thought to this whatsoever yeah whereas particularly with some of the the later ones we've done like Doolittle, um there's just no thought or consideration given to anything whereas here with the camera placement i was like oh no like they're actually trying someone's trying to tell yeah. this story visually and cinematically and i can appreciate that yeah no and I, be, I absolutely can as well though yeah I think um, like that that is what doesn't take away from its Razi, but there is some heart in there, and it yeah, it's probably from behind the scenes. Um, but there is people giving a shit, and that's yeah. nice to see more so than Mommy Dearest, which was felt like a TV movie, is what I always said at the time. Yeah. You have uh, you hate Mommy. Um, Dearest, this so. is one I enjoy this so much more than Mommy Dearest. Um, yeah. But it, again, cannot take away from the fact that it's still shit. Um, I want to see them team up. I want to see Jerry Lee write a vehicle for Joan Crawford and the two of them just like take on Hollywood. <laughs> I want Quentin Tarantino. Well, Quentin Tarantino isn't the best person when we're speaking about like predatory creeps. But like, I want the exploitation <laughs> film. I want Thelma and Louise with Joan Crawford okay. and uh, Jerry Lee um, just going around killing Hollywood sickos. <laughs> <laughs> Joan Crawford is going to just like gut someone with like a wire hanger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like the axe. Bring me the axe, Tina. <laughs> okay, so that's a nice segue into how do you fix this film? How do you improve this film? And what's the smallest change you could make that make the biggest difference? Well, I've already spoken briefly about it. I, I re edit this film. Like, yeah. Um, I turn it full Italian, turn it up to 11, drop the score is probably the quickest thing. Um, having a more appropriate, consistent score could have helped with the tone. Yeah. Um, so that like editing is for me. I mean, I, there's not much to work with either. I assume like when it's so short as well, like there was nothing extra. Like there is no Snyder cut really because everything probably filmed is in the film. Well, that's what Mr. Razzi said. He's like, if you take out all the cringe stuff, then the movie's 50 minutes yeah. long. So. And I, I can understand that. So the simplest fix for me is a consistent score. It doesn't fix the film, but at least... You get John Carpenter in and you say, there's your synths, Mr. Yeah, Carpenter. give him a synth. Go, like, um, go crazy. And then yeah, using that brief Italian uh, moment with the Doctor Who effect, you said, more, you know, even with the sexual assault, like let's have more <laughs> crazy um, visuals to go on so it's not just... Let's, strange let's just evil dead it and we'll put the we'll put the garden hose on a wire and yeah. have it be like a snake well we forgot to mention her her husband threatens her with a garden yeah. well hose. No, he doesn't he, he, he says wouldn't you rather have this or something isn't it you'd rather be so, i don't know which i don't know yeah reminding your wife of her sexual assault yeah. whilst also being like vaguely jealous of yeah, the garden was, hose absolutely was you don't have a problem getting up <laughs> to you my old friend people are happy when you go off early but yeah Okay. I, I, that's, that's, that's the quickest. I mean, because if you're only able to fix it with what you've got, that's all I can think of. I mean, if you add more footage or you have time to change it and let it breathe and make it more serious a piece, and there's a lot you could do. I think there's a good film in here. I agree, yeah. Um, so if it's a question of working with what you've got or what do you add, that's, my, that's kind of my thoughts. But you... So um, I'm curious if we got the author back in charge, if we, like, <laughs> I feel so sorry for that guy because his name is plastered all over it where they're like a blank film, what's he called? Howard. Um, 
I've, Bobbins, Robbins. Yeah, Howard, because yeah. I kept getting confused with Tim Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Harold, a Harold Robbins film. <laughs> like that's the first thing you see is like massive marquee, a Harold Robbins film. I'm curious if he was actually involved in any capacity, if he would have been able to keep this slightly more in the tracks. My thing is I would have, it's like a question of perspective. So if the film is less male gazy and less leering towards Cherry Lee, then that makes it less, if it's less titillated while she's being sexually assaulted, then that fixes a lot of issues. And also like if it has, if she has more of an interior life, then the film's a lot stronger. Like mm-hmm. I'd like to, like what I was saying where it's like, oh, she's gonna, it's gonna end up with her being like the genius behind like the Star is Born thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, if we learn, like we don't really learn anything about her writing, like no. the holdout or whatever. We don't know what that is. So if you just gave her a little bit more of a voice, oh, if yeah. we were, if we understood her love of writing and storytelling, I'm- then we might think like, oh, you know what? Hollywood is an industry that maybe it's worth Endure. Like you can understand why you can understand why she might be tempted to try and endure well, it as long as she don't does see, I mean that I don't even think like Pia's not great in any way but like her character sucks as well like it's yeah. so like I mean if you had time to explore like the trauma and the effects that the sexual assault had on her and maybe she could come to realise that's why she got with an older man because she had missing her dad you know she was with yeah. her she was her mom was widowed her daddy dearest yeah she could have had you know at least some sort of character development and like learning why she's you know fallen into these things and these so traps. see i think this is different i'm like i want to i want to give this i want her to be more of a strong female character and you're like yeah what about the men in her life we no, need no 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 it's, it's to show <laughs> no, that she can she can grow from it and then i'm not saying go full i spit on your grave but she could at least get more of a fight back at least another i don't think she really understood her journey yeah, no, I don't, um, I don't disagree. I think she, at the end she comes on about self-respect and dignity. Like, she always had that. Like, it was taken away from her. Like, she didn't just learn it. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. regrowing in yourself. I don't know. If, if there's a strong female, if she was written much better, there's a much better film in there. And I don't think you need to get rid of too much of the weird leeriness, but taking away the romanticized sex scenes and the gratuitousness yeah. does make it very weird so you can have one or the other kind of thing yeah so we're gonna get Gertrude Stein and Dorothy Parker in to write all the <laughs> rewrite all the dialogue they don't for, count um, <laughs> generally, yeah. um, it turns out that guy was the actual producer of the film he's horrified when these women turn up on set okay so I think that concludes all we have to say about the film so let's just go through the mm. um awards nominations that i picked up hilarious let's do it so as we covered it it, it won worst picture we both kind of agreed that it, it it's it's not an unworthy winner no not at all um worst director so peter sasty won worst director which um we were speculating about this during the film we're like oh it's actually kind of like i don't know the director is like the captain of the ship so when these there are these awkward sex scenes and total misfires they're responsible but there's enough good that you're like oh this guy's not completely checked out he's got some ideas he's it's, i agree with it um the only thing that counter argues are is yes in constructing a film and directing a film it doesn't i mean the acting is terrible and i do not know how much you can get out of pia um but 
you don't get much out of her um and some of the supporting cast as well are really bad um uh, that's kind of what i was saying like it did feel like i'm surprised to see i assume an american directed it because early on i, I felt like it was um british oh british well an, an english-speaking director because i felt i felt like it wasn't i felt like it was italian at first and you know like that translation barrier the language barrier and so on one half yes he did direct a film but he didn't direct his actors so i'm, I'm in the middle i'm in the middle okay um worst actor lloyd bochner was nominated for walter thornton that's the older fella as well isn't it yeah, yeah. so um valentine was the was the the james, valentine was james Caan. Seinfeld was something. Guy was the other one. So this Jeffrey is the, Jones was Guy. <laughs> so this is William Holden, who um, none of them are actors. I would say they're all kind of supporting actors. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was probably pres- uh, like Principal Rooney aside, he was probably the worst. I would say this guy. I mean, uh, I can't argue with it. I, I I personally think that Jerry Seinfeld was the worst. Oh, true. Um, because he's really he does not come across as a cokehead yeah maniac that um, he has the most material of like it's yeah. a fun like it's a fun performance to be like she opens the door and then the camera sort of pans and he's just there naked with two women and he's kind of like hey come on in <laughs> that's that that's like he does get quite a few opportunities yes. and he squanders them so but i'm um, not gonna argue against it though it's, yeah take your pick it's yeah, yeah. So, listeners, you let us know who's your favourite pick of the four <laughs> awful men from uh, from <laughs> the lonely lady. Who do you think's the worst performance? And also, let's do the let's do the little like Daisy Chain like pick. Like, if you had to marry one of them, who would you marry? <laughs> um, worst actress winner: Pia Zadora as Jerry Lee Randall. Okay, I've this is where I've been saving it. I bottled it all in up until now. The slings and arrows cast her way. I don't think she. Okay. She's not really good, but I was prepared for something a lot, lot worse. And so I was like, oh, you're not... It's one of those performances that's maybe just a bit of a flat line of, like, you don't have, like... The lows are a little unconvincing, the highs aren't whatever, but, like, in just scene to scene, like, she wasn't wooden, I don't think. She tried. Yeah, like, she's... She, I think there's an effort there. It, it's flat, but when she's just speaking to people, I was like, oh, you can deliver lines in a convincing way, so thereby, by the standards of Razzie's, mm-hmm. when we're comparing it to someone like Madonna, who yeah. just sounds like they're reading off cue cards, Yes, I was like, okay, you, you're okay is just, like, the, the room thing of, like, you're uh, you're an actor just working with, like, a not-great script and stupid things are being asked of you. But I, I, there are a lot of like laugh out loud bad. I mean, I did laugh at her acting, so I'm not, I can't, um, I agree with you that it wasn't as bad. Yeah. But um, again, if I'm laughing at your performance, I can kind of understand it. There was one last thing I was going to say when, because I didn't know what she, who she was, like I said beforehand. She looked a lot like, um, this is me throwing out references that only no one will get. Um, An old cast member of SNL. Okay. Uh, I thought she looked a lot like Victoria Jackson. I have um, no idea who that was. Renee Zellweger <laughs> was mine. I was like, oh, there's something about this. is the difference between us. Eh? <laughs> like, no, see, 1988, you know, she's there with John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I, hard to get that out of my head at first, but she's better than Victoria Jackson. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand it and I can see it. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I can, I can see that. Okay, yeah, 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 no, I can. That's that's better than Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Okay. Um, worst supporting actor. So it was nominated twice. Actually, we have um, Vincent da Costa. Nice. That must be Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have uh, so Joseph Kelly as Vincent da Costa, and then we have Anthony Holland as Guy Jackson. Guys, the hard drive check guy. Um, <laughs> I'm glad to see that James Caan has escaped nomination because yep. he was kind of pretty good as a soap opera actor who thinks they're James Caan. Yeah, Kahn. yeah, yeah. I was like, I've met actors. I probably am in it. I probably am. <laughs> <laughs> this, this person with a jumped up idea of themselves. So uh, that seemed kind of true to life for me. Worst supporting actress, we have Bibi Besh as Veronica Randall, the mum. She's not really good. I don't think she's good in any way. There's not much to work on. You know, she's a bitch and she's not very nice to her daughter. Kyle, please. Uh, this is a family she... podcast. <laughs> this isn't cocktail. You've not got these women going around self-identifying as bitches. This is going to be misogynist. She's a just... very misogynist movie. But I don't, th- I don't think she's that bad. She plays her role fine. So yeah. um, okay. I, I get a nomination though, yeah. This bitch is all right by me. <laughs> um, yeah. So worst screenplay winner... John Kershaw and Sean Randall adaptation by Ellen Shepard from the novel by Harold Robbins. This is completely justified, I would 100%. say. 100%. This is the yeah. first one flat up I am 100% game with. <laughs> um, and there was also, looked up, there was two previous writers that first did the first draft. Yeah, you did tell me that. Yeah. So, you know, that's bringing up, including the book, that's six different people whose words are scribbled into this film. Yeah. Um, and it's half, and it's 127 minutes long. And yeah, no, no, no. Like, that's 100% deserved. And then the return of your favorite category, worst original song. So a double nomination, which you don't normally see here, but there's two movies nominated twice. So the the song that won was The Way You Do It, music and lyrics by Jeff Harrington and Jay Pennig. I have no memory of that song. And then the other nomination was the titular song, um, Lonely Lady from The Lonely Lady, music by Charles Colello and Lyrics by Roger Vaudurus. I do remember um, this though. That's the one where I said to you off the top, it seemed like it was like, it seemed like it was to the melody of Elvis, like, can't help falling in yeah, love. Yeah. That's the, As men say, <laughs> there's a lonely lady. No, but I, was, um, I was humming it when I went out for my smoke yeah, break. So, no, it's, you know, it's like, an earworm. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Elvis is onto something. <laughs> um, so... Do you do you agree with that? The Elvis one, like I said, the Elvis one is catchy. Well, um, I don't remember the the winner. Yeah, um, despite so watching it fifteen minutes ago. So probably worthy. Probably worthy. And then worst musical score, it won that. So um, Charles Colello with Jeff Harrington, Jay Pennig, and Roger Vaudurus. Okay. Hmm. I don't remember much of the score. I remember the songs. Yeah. There were plenty of songs in it. Yeah. But the actual score pieces in between. <laughs> no idea <laughs> yeah something that we've neglected to mention on most of our other episodes is the financials of oh, this yeah. film how well did this film do jericho uh, according to wikipedia this film was a box office bomb <laughs> so it made 1.2 million against a budget of six to seven million so that's a proper bomb then um i don't know not in comparison to what we're seeing now where there's like mega mega things of like this spent like 400 million and it only made like i don't know the same ratio seems like a more of a bomb when it's like 500 million things 
But yeah, I, I agree yeah, with if you. you, if you put billionaire on, husband is yeah. not seeing any of his money back. If you, if you spend 700 million and it makes 100 million, you know, that's the way I'm looking at it in my head. Just in, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you just pull that up and The ratio up, of yeah, one to seven. Yeah, yeah, that's a terrible, terrible fucking return. Um, <laughs> and I'm surprised as well. It has quite a high budget. I don't know where that 7 million went. Her husband paying her salary. <laughs> <laughs> Six a million went to Pia, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that's a, that's a a proper flop. Yeah. Uh, both critically and commercially. Okay, so that concludes the first half. Um, join us after the break when we'll be discussing all of the other winners and nominees from 1983. See you soon. Welcome back. So. First off, we have Worst Picture. So The Lonely Lady won, which as we've discussed, fairly justified. Yeah, you can't, you, can, well you could argue against it, but we yeah. won't. I'm, I'm going to say here again, the 80s, this is this is your domain. This is absolutely um, <laughs> I've not seen many of these, so we're, you're going to be carrying us. Okay. Um, Hercules, have you seen that? I have not seen that. That is the Lou Ferrigno one? That is the Lou that Ferrigno the Lou one. one. Yeah, I um, thought your love of Italian cinema might yes, have done this, because directed I, by Luigi Cozzi. Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> um, it should be on the list. I think, I, I think I've seen a bit of the sequel, right? <laughs> oh but I, I, I can't commit to saying I've watched Hercules in recent memory, so no. Jaws 3D. Yes. Loved. So... Is that the Michael Caine one? No, that is Jaws 4, The Revenge. Oh, okay. That's the one where the shark hunts down the family and goes across the Atlantic Ocean. And that's the one where Michael Caine sees the first page, like, fade up the Bahamas. And is like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was fade up, you know, Maine. And he was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> fade up Kokomo. <laughs> i got one rewrite I need to put in. Um, Jaws 3D is the one in SeaWorld. The one in 3D. Um, okay. It is... Directed by Spielberg's son. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. um, it is very similar to Lonely Lady in terms of it's a so bad it's good film. I have such a soft spot. Jaws 2 I have more problems with because it's not as shit and it's not as fun. And you can't, if you were in for a fun time watching Jaws 3D with friends, I'm in a little movie night, 100% love it. But can understand it being nominated as well. Um, then we have Stroker Ace, which is Burt Reynolds. Yes. And I feel like he's like an unsung hero of the Razzies. Like he probably has quite a few. Like I feel like when we were doing Mommy Dearest, he came up with a, a number of nominations. And I feel like we've probably seen his name maybe with Kokomo and yeah. 88. Burt Reynolds, he, I don't think he's ever, maybe he did win. Ah, he's been I, nominated a lot. Though. Yeah. Comes up, or his films have been. Flies bad. under the radar with racking um, them up. And I've not seen Stoker Ace. Um, I know it's the film that stopped his run. Um, okay. commercial availability um, after like the cannonball runs and his trucker smoking the bandits and whatever Yeah, this was like that breaking the trend of Burt Reynolds in a vehicle genre <laughs> <laughs> and kind of put a halt to it but I have not actually seen it Two of a Kind have you seen that? I have not but I know about it because it's Travolta and um, Olivia Newton-John a romantic fantasy crime comedy drama film yeah no I haven't I, I kind of want to see this film um, if you have seen this film listeners let me know if um, Two of a Kind is worth my time <laughs> okay so then we have Worst Director so Peter Sasty won that for The Lonely Lady as we've discussed then we have Joe Alves for Jaws 3D uh, again if you're putting jo- Jaws 3D in as a nomination it- kind of understand being the director in there i don't think it's a very badly directed it's a badly made film like with special effects and i still really like it though but yeah i can again i understand if it's been nominated okay 
Brian De Palma for Scarface. Okay. <laughs> um. So I, I I don't really like Scarface, but never in a million years does Brian De Palma on his worst day has never come close yeah. to being anything Razzie worthy. So this is just madness. This to is me. absolutely madness to me, especially why it's if you're going to dunk on. Um, for the record, I don't like Scarface. Yeah. Like personal opinion, but objectively, I think it's a good film. Yeah, I can understand why it's loved. There's bits I love about it, but, I, but again, personal taste, it's not for me. But if you're nominating Brian De Palma or you're trying to dunk on him, but not on his picture, this is where the worst director and worst picture kind of go hand in hand. You yeah. can't really have one without the other. Exactly. Like you're just like, oh, this was amazing, but the yeah, direction yeah. was off. <laughs> So, um, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to take a leaf from your book in here, in here and be like, no slimy, jumped up little <laughs> bastard that cuts trailers for a living should be coming at Brian De Palma. Please, <laughs> please join us, Mr. Razzie. <laughs> um, then we have John Hertzfeld, director of Two of a Kind, and Hal Needham, Stroker Ace. Worst actor, John Travolta, Staying Alive, and Two of a Kind. Okay, well, I can talk about Staying Alive, um, which <laughs> I am mighty surprised has not been nominated for Worst Picture. Yeah, um, seems it, like a curious omission. You know, especially the Stallone aspect of it. It's mm-hmm. directed by Sylvester, who escaped two nominations here, which really... <laughs> maybe maybe the Stallone hate hasn't begun yet for Mr. Razzie. No, it has. It, was it in Mommy Dearest, was he not? Well... I thought he was creeping in. Anyways, anyway, sorry. But um, Staying Alive sucks. It's, fu- it's a bad movie that's quite fun to watch. But I'm mighty surprised it's not been nominated. Travolta, though, isn't the worst in it. Um, it's not Saturday Night Fever. Um, should never even be thought of like it, but he's still not the worst in it. Barbara Streisand. Yanto Streisand. Sands like the ocean. Never just doing that licorice pizza bit. Um, Yanto as Anshul. Have you seen Yanto? I have not seen Yanto. I have seen Yanto and... I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to nominate her in Worst Actor. And I get what they're kind of going for in that, like, it's not like it's not uh, like it won't reach the high water mark of women playing men. She's kind of just like Barbara Streisand in a short wig. Like, she's not doing anything particularly like uh, visionary with her posture, or her voice or anything. Okay. So she's not like an actively like great performance, but she's like certainly not bad. And yeah, it's it's just annoying to see Yentl nominated because I was watching it and it was only at the end I realized, oh, Barbara Streisand directed this. Yeah. And I was like, this was like a really good sort of period piece. Okay. Like, I don't know, like when you see like Robert Redford with like Terms of Endearment or all these like actor, actor turned directors, I was like, why haven't we spoken enough about Barbara Streisand? And I saw Spielberg said, like, it's the best debut since uh, Citizen Kane. Okay. Um, there's just, like, it's it's really nice from, like, a visual standpoint. Right. Where I was like, oh, like, this, like, th- like visually, this, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Yentl stan, as it turns <laughs> out. Um, so I'm disappointed to see that nominated. Lou Ferrigno, Hercules as Hercules. I can understand that. You've been with barely ever seen it. Um, yeah. Lou Ferrigno is not a good actor. Like, well, sorry, Lou. <laughs> this is the thing that unites us. Is previously we'd got into Schwarzenegger v Stallone, whereas I think everyone can just unite in punching down yes. on Lou Ferrigno. But they, what is it they call him in Pumping Iron? Baby Louie? Baby Louie. Yeah, like, yeah. Baby Louie. This. Um, there is, and so like 
something this is jumping ahead just because i know it's going to get nominated before the lead actor of your um <laughs> is, is is red brown who is a, a poor man's Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> so um i'm i'm seeing here there is no your nominations for worst actor i am suspicious with that very yeah. suspicious um. Then we have Lloyd Bochner, the lonely lady, as William Holden, Walter Thornton. Then Christopher Atkins is the winner for A Night in Heaven. Which I have not seen. Okay, moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, a romantic drama piece. No, no, no. Worst actress, Olivia Newton-John, two of a kind. Mm-hmm. Faye Dunaway, the wicked lady. So even there you get it, the wicked lady and the lonely lady. Yeah, they yeah. team up to kill Hollywood sickos. Pia and Faye. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, Linda Blair, Chained Heat. Linda Blair's another person who I feel like I've read out her name before. I mean, this this is 80s Blair as well. Like, this is getting work where she can, which sucks. I like Linda Blair, but I've not seen Jane Heat, so no comment. Lonnie Anderson, Stroker Ace, and then Pia Zadora, of course, as the winner. Worst Supporting Actor, Richard Pryor, Superman 3. Okay. Have you seen Superman 3? I have. So um, this podcast is just going to be me divulging all of my viewing habits during lockdown. But Superman was one of the series I, one of the series I watched during lockdown because I'd only ever seen the first one. Oh, surprising. And so I watched the others. <laughs> Richard Pryor, the person who decided to put Richard Pryor in Superman maybe deserved to Razzie. Yes. But Richard Pryor just turned up and was Richard Pryor. Yeah, I mean, that was, that really was going to be my comment. Um, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen Superman 3. Yeah. 1, 2, and 4 I can remember all yeah, more yeah. of. But other than the fact that Richard Pryor's very out of place in a Superman film. and it's <laughs> Or it's Superman is out of place well, in a Richard yeah, Pryor film. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You get, it's got this weird shoehorn thing that hasn't happened much in modern films. But um, Can you imagine if they did that with the MCU? <laughs> I don't know who the like. I don't know who the um like the the allegory that the analogy for Richard Pryor would be, but can you imagine if like oh let me think. You can't just. Um, it's the thing is you can't just stick. It's got to be a comedian playing themselves. You know, like yeah, Richard that, Pryor doesn't act in this movie. Yeah, that's why I'm like oh, can you imagine if like there was just like a Chris Rock movie and then they were like, oh, you know what? Like Spider-Man's going to turn up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> you would be the only one. My We've friend. seen Superman 3. <laughs> Both of us have unanimously. We would be there. <laughs> um, uh, Anthony Holland, the lonely lady is Guy Jackson. Louis Gossett Jr., Jaws 3D as Calvin Bouchard. Yeah, no for me, but Again, if we got dunk on Jaws 3D a bit, then I understand it. Joseph Calley, The Lonely Lady, is Vincent DaCosta. And the winner, Jim Nabors, Stroker Ace, it's Lugs Harvey. Okay, next category, Worst Supporting Actress. Diana Scarwood, Strange Invaders. Nope. Amy Irvine, Yento, she played Hadass. And so they've, they've told us in the parenthesis here, Oscar nominated for the same role. So... We've actually covered them all. So there was someone from the, a guy from the, um, from the Mommy Dearest year. He was Oscar nominated, and then Glenn Close for um, Hillbilly Elegy, and then Amy Irvine was mm-hmm. um, the third for Oscar and Razzie nomination for the um, the same role. And the truth is, she's somewhere in between. Okay. I don't think she's particularly um, Oscar worthy. The Oscars I would give to Yanto would be mostly technical ones, um, but she's nowhere near 
nowhere near Razzy, Razzy worthy. And we have Nola Hughes staying alive. Yeah, she's awful. Um, like, yeah, I, I understand that. I believe it was her first film as well. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm sure it's, it's, just, it's not good. Um, Bibi Besh in The Lonely Lady. And Sybil Danning from Chained Heat and Hercules. Rough year for her. Yeah, I mean, she's without seeing them, um, I can understand why she's won it if those both those films have been nominated previously. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, get a new agent. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have Worst New Star. So, Fanoa Hughes, Staying Alive. Yeah, there you I, go. I actually do agree with that. Cindy and Sandy, The Shrieking Dolphins you from Jealous 3D. You can't nominate dolphins. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Razzie killed their career by nominating them. For, who knows what they could have gone and uh, gone on and done. We're not Sandy honest. maybe, but not Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> Reb Brown. There you go. Um, Reb you're Brown. the hunter from the future. as you. Are. Reb Brown is the poorest man. And he's in so many great Italian flicks in the 80s. But he is your budget bottom at Uncommon and Valor. Yeah, he's one of them. Absolutely mightily surprised he wasn't nominated for Worst Actor. Um, especially because he's got Worst New Star. Then Loni Anderson, Stroke Race. And the winner, Lou Ferrigno and Hercules. Yeah, so Reb's only lost out because of Lou. <laughs> that's, that's my way Perennial runner-up. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is good. It's hard to have too many objections here. Fanoa Hughes doesn't sound like she was a child, so... They've, they've dodged what we normally attack them for here. Apart from Cindy and Sandy, yeah. who knows what their age was like in dolphin years. But Lou <laughs> Ferrigno was at least established as a bodybuilder, oh, yeah. crossover star, this that kind of thing. Hulk as well, isn't it? Mm, probably. Um, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to work backwards from my dad's age and stories he told me watching Hulk growing up. So yeah, no, he, he would, it would be yeah. post-Hulk. Worst screenplay, two of a kind, John Hertzfeld, mm-hmm. Jaws 3D, Carl Gottlieb, Richard Matheson, story by Gordon Trueblood, suggested by the Peter Benchley novel Jaws. <laughs> suggested like just like, what if there was a shark? <laughs> what if there's two sharks and they're in 3D? Yeah, yeah, it's a bad screenplay. I really like the idea of it though, but the execution's poor. Hercules. So we have Lewis Coates and then in parenthesis, Luigi Cozzi. Yeah. So did he write it under that yeah, name? Was it like Americanized. They'll, yeah, they'll never yeah. believe an Italian could write yes. a film. So I'll have to, yeah. I'm very used to this at this point. Flashdance, Tom Headley and Joe Esterhass. Um, story by Headley. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Flashdance. Neither have I. Um, cool. So no comment. It was one of those films I always got confused with. Dirty Dancing, yeah. Flashdance, and Footloose. Uh, Footloose. Yeah, those were the three. Yeah. And I've now seen Footloose. I've so seen Footloose. I can... And I've seen Dirty Dancing. So I've okay, seen, there I've you seen go. two out of three of them. <laughs> I've not seen Flashdance. Yeah. Worst screenplay, The Lonely Lady. Yep. Yeah, well yep. deserved. Okay, worst original song, Young and Joyful Bandit from Quirrell. So we listened to all of... Quirrell comes up twice. We listened to both of them. Inoffensive, nondescript, forgettable would be my and verdict. the second one that each man kills the thing he loves. The Oscar Wilde one. Was yeah. performed in the film as well. Yeah. Like, uh, that's where I'm like, a worst original song can't be like something performed in the film okay i don't know if i no no like and you can't count it like you know as a an opening theme song or you know like a credit you're not releasing it on single are you just you're fighting for your here i love your (laughs) (laughs) so anyway the next nomination yours world from your hunter from the future music by guido d'angelis and maurizio d'angelis 
lyrics by Barbara Antonia, Susan Duncan Smith, Pauline Hanna, and Cesare Di Natale. That's a lot of people <laughs> for a not very good song. It's a great right. So you're wrong. <laughs> so um, again, I have an association here with the, An- the Angelus um, couple, yeah. uh, husband and wife. They famously did the. Hang on, Guido and Maurizio. Those are men. Oh. <laughs> well, it might be a couple. Also known as Oliver Onions. <laughs> so no, those are quite clearly. Okay, well, okay, well, they're maybe just a, a musical couple. Anyway, I <laughs> I like the previous work. I think Yours World is a terrible song, but it's so fucking catchy. Um, it fits perfectly for what the film is. It's one of the highlights of the film. So I understand it, but it on a, it's ironically a very catchy, memorable song. And, you know, when we've been going through the whoop, there it is, and uh, some of the stuff, some of the absolute bland ones as well, which is my biggest pet peeve when it comes to the worst original song, it's memorable. That's, I'm going to die on the Yorish Hill. Well, it's one of those things that's maybe been revised and in the future it'll be like a cheesy kind of, like I said to you, I I could see Taika Waititi reclaiming this with Thor's world. Mm -hmm. It has that kind of vibe. Um, he glides in on a pterodactyl. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say that I'm here for your uh, portrait of a lady on fire romance with the the Angelus brothers. <laughs> <laughs> then lonely lady from the lonely lady. So no, we're both going to be singing that for the rest yep. of the night. Each man kills a thing he loves from Corel, and then the way you do it from the lonely lady was the winner. The song that neither of us can remember. Yeah. So I mean, this is. Strange having so many multiple nominations as well. Yeah. Um, I assume the Burt Reynolds film must have had a terrible trucker <laughs> race car song. Um, I'm sure you could have dunked on Staying Alive if you really wanted to. Here's um, where you find out that The Chain by Fleetwood Mac was written for the um, <laughs> written for the Burt Reynolds. Um, um, there must have been something. I, I, I feel like he's gotten a bit lazy here. I'm sure Two of a Kind had an original song, you know, yeah. like... We've all been there the night before, not having studied, not having done <laughs> enough work, and you're just desperately trying to pad things out. Um, worst musical score. So you're the hunter from the future, John Scott, and Guido De Angelis and Maurizio De Angelis. Fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I understand it, but no, 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 no. Uh, husband and husband or brother and brother. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it's in the 80s. Yentil, yeah. Michelle Legrand, Marilyn Bergman, and Alan Bergman, also Oscar winner. Yeah, no, I, I, the, the the score, the, the songs for Yentil, mm, but like the score, eh, whatever. Superman 3, Giorgio Moroder. I can't remember the song that much. I like Giorgio Moroder. I remember the but... score reasonably well. Yeah? Um, Did you have that on vinyl? Was that I, 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 I mean, I'm... Listen to the Tangerine Dream Steve score <laughs> and the Giorgio Moroder. It's the Tangerine Dream, Goblin and Moroder. That's all I had. Um, <laughs> But I, I liked it. I still like it. I don't think it's a fitting score. Yeah. Um, Much like Richard Pryor. Yeah, yes. And it's... Uh, I mean, I you're, watch you're com- a Richard Pryor movie scored by Giorgio Moroder. But com- I draw the line as Superman. <laughs> you're also following very iconic scores. Yeah. Um, so, no, in my opinion. Okay. Quirrell, Pierre Rabin, and then the winner, The Lonely Lady. That concludes all of the Razzies for 1983. Fun year. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun one. I enjoyed it. This kind of, this was necessary pick me up after the last couple being a bit, a bit of a slog to get through. Yes. And it's it's probably reflected in this episode of how much fun it was. Yeah. Um, The film, the year, this has been a breeze to go through. 
again, we're just slowly like crossing off your like your comfort blanket of oh. the 80s. It's just slowly dissolving. We're unraveling the thread of the 80s <laughs> yes. before you're going to be left with the unforgiving embrace of the Emoji movie. Uh, everything up to what I said before was Freddy Got Fingered. Um, it's like, well, one yeah. after that, I am fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. I feel like this podcast, it's good that we're jumping around, but I feel like this podcast is going to be heading to a very dark place because they're going to be movies that you don't want to watch movies that I have already seen That's the worst and don't part, yeah. want to watch again. Yeah. So yeah, at least with this, it's it's new to both of us and you're in a you're in a decade where you feel very comfortable and safe. Um <laughs> so yeah. But for next week we are going to take a pause with jumping around. Yeah. As it's time for another special. Yes. And so after after presenting um our tip for the contender, um, the, the favorite, the front runner for next year's Razzies, we're going to be tackling another heavyweight with uh, Sony Pictures Morbius. <laughs> Fool title. Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling about this? One? I am fucking dreading it. Um, I don't. Okay. I've not seen Morbius. You have. Again, yeah. I I don't want to. Get, s- we're getting I, into this territory already. Again, said, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to say it. Like Kyle, you have no place to dread Morbius because um, you haven't seen it. I have seen it less than like eight months ago. <laughs> um. So I'm I'm not, in a way I'm looking forward to it in that it's new, but I'm dreading it because I don't want to watch it. You know, this is. Yeah. I I had some I don't know weird reason I want to see. Uh, my son hunter we had built it up as yeah. a film in our head well it's a little oddity isn't um, it whereas this is a big studio production this is exactly this is what i've been moaning about with transformers and fantastic four and these soulless grim things that i'm just gonna really hate like i know i'm gonna hate it yeah i can try and go in with an open mind and think oh this is gonna be maybe the memes are take all this <laughs> maybe everyone was wrong you know um well i think you said to me or you said on the podcast a couple of episodes ago that you were like Oh, I think it was when you're speaking about Wonder Woman. You're like, I have checked out with superhero movies. Like, I yeah. haven't seen anything, whatever. I don't care. And it's like, so yeah, you've checked out with the superhero movies that sort of, are sort of like competent and well executed. Have you ever considered what if there was one that was really badly made? Like, it was from 2005? If it was 127 um, minutes, then yes, I'm all aboard. <laughs> Join us next week when we will be discussing Morbius. Morbid Dan. Yeah. Um, Jared Leto's starring turn as Dr. Michael Morbius. <laughs> um, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, then you can email us at watchingworstfilms at gmail.com. We are available on all sorts of social media. You can find us where? Watching Worst. And that's on Facebook. It's on Facebook. Twitter. Twitter. Instagram. Instagram. TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. MySpace. Bebo. Friendster. <laughs> Bebo. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you just if you just write watching worst on a on a letter and throw out the window, it'll find it, it find its find way it. to us. And please get in contact with us. Yeah, yeah. Um we'd love to hear from you. So until next time. It's Morbid time. Do <laughs> Morbid, we say that? Yeah, oh, right. God. We can say it again though. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna say it for an hour and a half next week. <laughs> Two rapidly aging men reciting memes. (laughs) How bleak that's going to (laughs) be.